0: A division in disarray. That is the NFC South. The Saints have gained a full game on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers without even playing. Will they make it a game and a half on Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders? We'll find out when we talk to Jeff Duncan. Coming up next on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of damnitude, and he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who are hoping there aren't spooky goblins and ghosts and whatever the hell else we might see on this Halloween weekend in the Superdome on Sunday. This is Datitude episode number 108 for a Friday, October the 28th, 2022 and I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Became the Advocate and bet.nola.com. And we've got a big one this Sunday. Oh, my goodness. The Saints at 2-5, and 2-5, and five can find a way into the top spot in a four-way tie in the NFC South if simply they defeat the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday and the Carolina Panthers defeat the Atlanta Falcons. On Sunday. Is it going to happen? One of the two going to happen? None of the two going to happen? We're going to get into it all. And it's all set up by the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost to the Baltimore Ravens last night. What the hell is going on in Tampa? I mean, we just got the notification this morning that uh, Tom Brady's divorces with Giselle is final. I mean, could that be weighing on him? Nothing else is weighing on him. It doesn't look like he's eating. The dude's like 130, 140 pounds. What's going on? He looks like he doesn't want to play anymore. Did he give up his marriage for this crap? Because as bad as the Saints have played, one could argue that Tampa Bay has been worse. They have Super Bowl-type talent. The Saints don't really have Super Bowl-type talent. you got to have a quarterback to have a Super Bowl-type talent, and the Saints don't have one. I mean, we, you know, you heard me what I said yesterday about Andy Dalton versus Jameis Winston. All that's fine and good. The Saints don't have a Super Bowl quarterback on this roster. Let's get real. So, to, you know, I bring up Zach Ewing a few times in the live portion coming up with Jeff Duncan in, in just a little bit that we recorded at nine fifteen on every Noah dot com social media platform, along with Bet Noah dot com. Um. But Zach brings up the point that it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I don't d- agree with that part of it, but I do agree with it doesn't really matter who the Saints use a quarterback if you think that, you know, as far as Super Bowl. I mean, come on. Let's get real. But the Saints can win the division. Can they do it with Andy Dalton? I hope they proved me wrong. I hope everything I said on yesterday's podcast, if you didn't listen, you can go back and find it wherever you find your podcast and listen to my monologue from yesterday because I'm not going to regurgitate all that stuff I said yesterday. Nobody wants to hear it again. I'm going to try to be, I'm going to have an October 28th resolution, a Halloween resolution, if you will, that I'm going to try to be a little bit more positive. I mean, I can't be, they're two and five. I don't know how positive you want me to be. But things certainly have changed over the course of seven days. There's no question about that. I mean, I we were talking about the if the Saint season was over last week, and I mean it really you can't call it over no matter how bad they played now, because Tampa Bay's been so bad and Atlanta's Atlanta, and Carol. I mean, let's get real. Does anyone think the Falcons are going to win eight games this year? No. So I mean, forget about the Falcons. I mean, eight games might win this division. I doubt it, but it might. I mean, at some point you think you got to think the Bucs is poorly as they have been coached Todd Bowles I mean you can say whatever you want about Dennis Allen and if you think he's been terrible then I'm not going to argue with you but Dennis Allen has been like Bill Belichick compared to Todd Bowles I thought Bruce Arians was bad Todd Bowles is worse way worse they're a team in a bad way and I don't know if it's going to get any better I don't know if Tom Brady's going to make it through the season He's certainly playing out the strike I mean, he's done after this year's over, no matter what they do. Now, they may go on a run like they went a couple years ago and started off kind of mediocre and then picked it up and figured it out. They may figure it out, but I doubt it because the receivers don't look like they want to play. They don't know how to give the ball to Leonard Fournette. They don't know when to use Leonard Fournette. Their defensive secondary is worse off than the Saints right now. They have no pressure up front. They're terrible. They're, they're bad right now. And the Panthers are a mess. The Falcons are a mess. Who, who I mean, you gotta think at least the Falcons are playing with heart. I mean, you, you might not want to give them credit for a lot of stuff, but they're, they're playing with heart. This the whole division stinks. It's bad. What division's worse, the NFC South or the AFC South? At least you got in the AFC South. The Texans suck. But at least they play hard. They might beat the Titans this week. If they beat the Titans, then you could say that division is just as bad. And they might. I mean, the Titans are only two-point favorites, and it looks like Malik Willis might play. Ryan Tannehill is banged up. The Colts are playing the Commanders. If they lose, to the Commanders. I mean, jeez. And the Jaguars, they, I mean, come on. All the people that were all over the Jaguars before the season. Give me a break. Trevor Lawrence stinks. He's never going to be a great quarterback in this league. I don't care what anybody says. So we've talked a lot about already in this monologue about other teams. But the Saints have it all in front of them now. Demario Davis and Alvin Kamara are saying they're not playing Saints football and they need to find a way to get their swag back. Well, here's your chance. You can literally get yourself, pick yourself up off the mat and get a role going. You got to beat the Raiders. It's got to start with the Raiders. I mean, forget must win. I'm not even talking about must win anymore. I mean, only a complete doofus would think this isn't a must win. I mean, you know, it's bad enough. That next week, you got the Ravens coming in on Monday night. The Saints haven't been able to stop running quarterbacks. Who's going to stop Lamar Jackson? I mean, do you really think they're going to win next week? I mean, I don't want to give spoiler alerts out of my pick for next week. If the Saints can win forty-two to nothing on Sunday. I ain't picking them next week. So three and six is what you're staring at if you win this week. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Saints will come out and Andy Dalton, the the new quote-unquote permanent quarterback, will put all those things to rest. And Andy Dalton will lead this team from the abyss and the Saints defense will start playing like the Saints defense played last year. And they'll actually get a turnover. Or God forbid two. One interception all year long. That's what the Saints have. Can they change that turnout around this week? Uh, I mean, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. not that great? He's a good quarterback. Can the Saints get pressure on Derek Carr to force him to throw an interception or two? Maybe. Looks like Lattimore's out again. Looks like well, we know Roby's out because he's on IR. Paulson Debo could be coming back. That would be a big boost. The Raiders have their issues too. Devontae Adams has been out all week with an illness. He'll probably play on Sunday, but will he be at full strength? Who knows? Josh Jacobs has been running the ball well. Saints defense is going to have to find a way to play football. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Saints going to have to win a shootout. Can they do it? Sure. Uh, We'll save our predictions for uh, when Jeff Duncan comes on, uh, which is coming up in just a moment. We'll talk a little bit about the Pelicans. Off to a 3-1 start, about to go to the West Coast with Brandon Ingram out of the fold. He will miss the road trip. When he'll be back, we're not 100% sure. Zion Williamson already questionable. Do we dare, say, compare him to Anthony Davis already? I mean, what's the over under on how many games Zion Williamson plays this year? 70? 65? I'm taking the under. But it that's not as concerning because this team has a lot of depth this year. They played without him last year. And uh you got to love what Willie Green. Unlike the Saints, the Pelicans are extremely well coached. It's completely different. It just goes to show how much a coach means. I'm not going to rag on Dennis Allen. Again, I'm trying to give him a chance. I think this move with Andy Dalton is, uh, again, I said it yesterday, the kind of move that can get you fired. We, we get into it with Dunk, and Dunk says it exactly right, and I don't want to give too much away, but you know he says you know Dennis Allen's not a gambler, and this is a move that somebody conservative makes. This is a conservative move. It's the safe move. I think it's just the opposite. You can't play safe moves. Sean Payton didn't play safe moves. It's a safe move because the ceiling and the floor for Andy Dalton are pretty close together. You pretty much know what you're going to get. Jameis Winston, you don't know what you're going to get. And frankly, the Saints need to gamble. They're not gambling. They're going the safe route. Hope he looks like a genius in a few weeks. Hope he looks like a genius on Sunday. One thing I will say is the stability does sometimes make a difference. Maybe Zach Ewing's right. Maybe this is what the players want, and that's what he's going with. Maybe it's what Pete Carmichael wants, and that's what he's going with. Maybe it's what he wants. Maybe he doesn't know what he wants. Got to find a way because it's now or never. You've been given a reprieve. You're 2-5, and and you have not played four consecutive quarters of good football yet this season. You've been given a reprieve. Here's your chance. You either go take it or you don't. Which one's going to happen? Well, I'll give you my prediction coming up in the live portion. Well, it's not live because you're not listening to it live. If you listen to this monologue, you're obviously not listening to it live. But it could be worse. You could be the Panthers because they ain't going nowhere. I mean, they're not going to beat Atlanta this week. I mean, they could. I mean, this division's so weird. I guess it's possible. But Atlanta's definitely a better team and they're in a better place. But it sure would be fun, wouldn't it? After all the crap that we've gone through as fans the last seven weeks, for the Saints to win and if Carolina were to win, I mean, I know it's only midway through the season. We're done with this. But could you see a four way tie at three and five? That would just be apropos. And then it's gonna be whoever plays the second half better. And you know what? The Saints schedule, which looks super daunting the rest of the way, doesn't it still looks pretty tough. But it doesn't look as tough as it looked probably in August. I mean the Rams, eh. They're not that great you got to play Cleveland later, supposedly with and Watson. But something tells me that he's not going to play. I don't know what it is. And if he does, I mean, there's going to be so much going on around that mess, that circus. Cleveland is, is, is a mess. There are only two games that I, I think going forward that the Saints, I just don't see how they win. That's San Francisco, at San Francisco, and at Philadelphia. I don't see how the Saints win those two games. Other than that, I don't know that there's a game on this schedule that the Saints can't win. I think they gotta win seven out of ten to to get to the nine and eight and go to the playoffs and win the division. At the minimum, they gotta win six. Can they win six out of ten? Can they win seven out of ten? I don't know. I think we'll learn a lot about. I, I said it last week. I thought we. I mean. The, you get to the point where you have to you have to know, you have to learn something now and ever, right? And we'll find out about that. Let's get it into it with Jeff Duncan. Let's hear what he has to say. Interesting conversations this morning. He's got a lot of great points. I usually agree with Dunk. Um, for the first time this season, I think we have differing opinions on who's gonna win the game. So we talk about Andy Dalton, we talk about the defense need to step up, we need to talk we talk about Tampa Bay's downfall, how bad this division is. We give our game predictions, and we talk a little bit about the Pelicans. All coming up right here. Duncan, it's hard to believe. A week ago at this time, we were talking about whether the Saints' season was over. I mean, I was making the point that that it certainly could be. Um, And without playing a football game, the Saints have gained a game on the Tampa Bay, a full game on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a half a game on the Atlanta Falcons. And if the Panthers win on Sunday and the Saints defeat the Raiders on Sunday, the Saints will be in a four-way tie in the worst division in football, the NFC South.
1: Madness. I love it. I love the chaos, man. Uh, Yeah, look, the Saints are obviously very fortunate right now. Uh, They're having one of their worst years, at least one of the worst starts in, in a decade, and yet they're still in this thing because of the mediocrity of the division. Uh, the, the Bucks are in a tailspin. I mean, they've lost three in a row and uh, to not very some very not very good teams. Uh, I think Tom Brady's distracted, and I think that's had an effect on the rest of the team. And they're just lifeless right now. Uh, once the Ravens uh, figured out how to defend them and what, what they couldn't stop on the running game, it was over. That game that game flipped a switch at halftime. Uh, so I think the the division clearly is up for grabs. And uh, the Saints should have renewed life because of that. They should have motivation because of that. The players said as much this week uh, when we talked to them. So I clearly think there's no reason to give up hope right now uh, on the season because of the way the NFC South looks. Speaking of the Tampa Bay Bucs, and, you know, the last few
0: weeks, we really haven't talked much about Thursday Night Football unless the Saints were involved like they were last week. But it, it, it bears repeating. And I don't know what you know, we, we have to talk about Tampa Bay a little bit because obviously what they do also affects the Saints. I mean, we're getting to the midway point of this season. And now Tampa Bay at three and five, Atlanta at three and four, the Saints at two and five, then Carolina at two and five. Just what you saw last night, I mean, I gotta be honest. I was as bad as Tampa Bay played last week and as, really as as poorly as they played throughout the season. I mean, I, I I said it on Bayou Bets yesterday. I thought they would come out with focus. They did, and I uh, told Uncle Big Nick, I like Tampa Bay in the first half, and I like Tampa Bay for the game. Got the first half part right, but they made no adjustments, and it's it's they are so poorly coached. I thought Bruce Arians was bad. I think Todd Bowles is worse, and they have no, no continuity whatsoever. Their chemistry is terrible, and Tom Brady doesn't look like he wants to be
1: there. Yeah, look, I, I talked to somebody this past week, that's pretty familiar with some bucks players and the bucks players are saying that tom brady just isn't the same tom brady like mentally uh, and i think that's pretty telling i think you could see it and players if players are talking about that then it's 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 infiltrating the entire locker room and the entire organization especially tom brady i mean he's he's the entire face of that franchise so yeah. i think it's obviously going to be a lost season and they're going to have to start over. And I agree with you. Todd Bowles is not getting it done, but I really think a lot of it starts with the players right now. They they lost incentive. This is a classic example. You know what? I, I have to brag a little bit, man. I, I, every year I pick an over-under total. Usually I pick the ascending team that nobody's thinking about to jump on. Last year I picked the Bengals when I think they were over-under six wins. Yeah, to start I bet on to won a
0: Super Bowl, and I it yeah. over at 150 to one.
1: Yeah, I was all over that. So this year – uh, I told Zach, Zach Ewing, our, our editor uh, on the betting site, uh, "I'm going to go the other way. I'm picking the under, and it was the under bucks." And you could just see this convergence of factors. You know, you you won a Super Bowl, you 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 ran it all back last year. It didn't happen for you, and you know these guys now look like they're on cruise control. In, in my mind, uh, they they were kind of fat and happy. They've gotten second contracts down there. They've gone to a new coaching staff. Uh, somewhat new coaching staff, and uh, Tom Brady's at the end. And we're seeing now not just Tom Brady, but uh, Aaron Rodgers is starting to, to drop off. Uh, we saw it here firsthand with Drew Brees. It happens. Father time's unbeaten, and right now he's he's taking it out on Tom Brady. There
0: is no question. And that team is, you know, it as dysfunctional the Saint, as the Saints have been, I mean, if you're a Bucks fan, you got to be more concerned than if you're a Saints fan because, mm-hmm. I mean, the Bucs still have – Super Bowl talent. There's no question in my mind. You look at that wide receiving core they had. They don't have the injury problems. They've had some injury problems, but not what the Saints have had. And they have Tom Brady. And their defense, they had obviously had issues in the secondary last night going into the game. But, I mean, they still have a pretty solid front line and and a good linebacking core. And I don't understand what's going on with them. And so, I mean, it all stems from number 12. And they have issues that I don't know that they're going to be able to fix. Which is good news for the Saints. So let's get into the Saints this week. And, um, you know, obviously the the number one topic, I mean, you would think the injury report is the number one topic, but really the number one topic is clearly Andy Dalton basically being named the quote-unquote, and I'm going to put quote marks around this, the permanent starter at quarterback for at least the foreseeable future. Dennis Allen talked about it on Wednesday, and I, I get that he's, you know, one thing I, I Zach talked about yesterday, and I agree with, it, it's good in the fact that you're going to go and make a statement and say, look, let's just stop talking about this. I, I don't want to go back to Jameis Winston right now. This is what I want. That's the choice he made. And so that part of it's good. At least we know now. No one has to ask anymore. But to me, and I said this yesterday on Datitude, and I still believe this, and, I, and I'm guessing you're going to disagree with me, and, and Reginald Carter says they need to get rid of the quarterback. He is pitiful. That's kind of going where I'm going. Oh. Uh, the, and this long-winded thing is this is the kind of decision to me that could get a coach fired because I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I hope I'm wrong, but Andy Dalton to me is, a, is the guy that's going to lead you to 6-11 and 11 or 7-10. and 10. I mean, he'll be steady. He's not going to be anything special. This team needs to gamble. And to me, the gambling side is Jameis Winston. And if you're going to decide to go with Andy Dalton, I think you know what you're going to get.
1: No, look, I would agree with you on that. I mean, I think that's really reflective of Dennis Allen, the head coach. He's not going to be a gambler. He's not Sean Payton, right? Sean Payton was willing to be a little brazen and bold, and that's not Dennis Allen. He's going to be a little more conservative, and I think that's exactly what he did in making this decision. He basically picked the lesser of two evils in his mind, and that is, you know, Andy Dalton – doesn't have the high ceiling, but he's got a high floor and probably a higher floor than Jameis Winston that we no saw. Question. When things go bad with Jameis Winston, it goes really bad. No question. I know Dalton had the picks against Arizona, but, you know, I went back and watched that game a couple of times, and he played pretty well in that game. It's a bad luck, man. I mean, you know, the butt ball bounces off Marquez Calloway's fingertips and goes anywhere else. It's an incompletion. Instead, it's, a, you know, pick six. And uh, the other one, he gets hit. Uh, the pick you know, in the
0: end zone was awful.
1: Yeah, that was terrible. But you know, that's you know, that happens in the NFL. Players play. You know, quarterbacks throw picks. So uh, that one, that one, obviously, he'd like to have back. The other two, I don't blame on him. And uh, that game changed. You know, it changed once they got down two touchdowns. It was kind of uh, Arizona had control. So I think they looked at the bigger picture, and I think they looked at. The fact that they're going to should be getting some of these players back, I, I would assume at some point. Uh, you know, I'm really starting to worry about uh, not worry, sort to question these injuries. I mean, if 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 these injuries were not serious enough when they were first diagnosed to put players on the IR, then why didn't they put them on? You see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, absolutely. They should have put them on the short-term IR and got the roster spot. Or there, there's something that's uh, some a, a real mystery right now to me, and uh, those are key players. Don't don't get me wrong; those are three of the three I'm talking about: Jarvis Landry, Marshawn Lattimore, and right. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas right. hard to win games when you're missing key guys like that.
0: Three empty roster spots for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: that they've had for for over a month. So, uh, well, I shouldn't say Lattimore hasn't been a month yet, but uh, they've got they've got injury issues, and uh, I think. In the long run, Dennis Allen said, you know what? We can live with Andy Dalton. He might not take us to the promised land, but he's not going to flash into the side of a mountain either.
0: Jim Derry, Jeff Duncan here on Live Datitude, as we are every Friday morning at 9.15 a.m. on all of these same NOLA.com and com YouTube channels. And if you're listening to us on the podcast portion, we thank you for doing that. And uh, We have grown some followers here on Datitude, and we appreciate you... Uh, Following the podcast as we continue to grow and keep it going, um, you know, you 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 talk a point, and I and I don't want to belabor it, but it 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 bears repeating. And I, again, I know Dennis Allen's his own man. He wants to be his own coach. He's trying to find his own his own way. And uh, you know, I've def- I defended him for a lot of this season, but to me. It, if they were if the Saints were four and three, okay, if the Saints were five and two, four and three somewhere along those lines, I probably wouldn't be as adamant about the move that he's making. But you know, I I just don't understand what a, what someone could be thinking. You know, you don't want to take a gamble, you want status quo. Status quo has got you to two and five. And I mean, you could talk as bad as you want about Jameis Winston and how bad he looked. He won the first game against the Falcons in the fourth quarter and showed his ceiling, also showed his floor in the same game. He was terrible in the Tampa Bay game, but that's when he was forced to kind of do something because no one else was doing anything. The defense hasn't been very good. And then Carolina, I thought he played well and no one else around him was doing anything. But, man, I don't know what anyone has seen from Andy Dalton over the past three or four weeks that that leads anyone to believe that he can lead this team out of the abyss. It's great that the Saints could possibly be in first place after this week, and I think they'll win. I mean, spoiler alert, we're going to give our game predictions later. I think the Saints match up well against the Raiders. But I don't see anything from this team that leads me to think that they can win 7 out of 10, which is what it's going to take to go to the playoffs, and win nine games.
1: Well, look, I, I think he views the two quarterbacks as really not much difference in talent. I think that's pretty clear, that he doesn't think there's a big difference there. And so he you know, leaned on the side of... Uh, of stability and continuity. They've had a lot of moving parts on offense. I think he likes that the offense has kind of settled into a little bit of an identity now as a running attack, uh, right. the, the short passing attack. And, yeah, the hiccups against Arizona obviously were, were, were concerning. But I think he didn't want – I think he used the phrase, you know, no reason to upset the apple cart right now. So I think that tells you he didn't want to change any more change. They've already had a bunch of different players in and out of the lineup. And so I think he feels like we've got that. We know what we are there. Now let's try and get the defensive issues fixed. And, And look, I would say this. I've seen a lot of stuff on social media, as always, a lot of wrongheaded stuff. I hate to say it. But if people think that Dennis Allen and the offensive staff did not talk to the leaders of this team, behind closed doors, about oh, this decision, they're they're crazy. Yeah, I guarantee agree you, they've talked to every player in that locker room, and they're okay with this move. Now, they're so not, that's, that's not an indictment of Jameis Winston. It's more of a yeah, we're fine. We like Andy. We're going with Andy. They're not going to divide the locker room and make a decision this big without talking to key players. So, get that out of your head.
0: Zach and I have, been, uh, have disagreed about a few things over the past couple of weeks. Um, but one thing that we, I think we do agree on, he, he brings it up, and I, I think it's, it's a great point, and it's true. I mean, I, I agree with you. Obviously, behind the scenes, that uh, this is probably what the players want. But you know what? When you're two and five, sometimes I, I don't care about you. Shake up the apple cart. You're two and five. I mean, shake it up. But let, let look, we're going to probably, Andy Dalton's going to come up in conversations as we go along. We, only, we, have, we try to do this in about a 45-minute segment, so at least about 30 minutes, and I do want to fit the Pelicans in at the end of the show. So let's talk about the, the Saints and Raiders matchup. And, you know, like I said, the Raiders have issues of their own. I mean, I don't understand this line at all. I don't understand why the Saints are underdogs at home against a team that has won two games this year, both at home against two bad football teams in the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans. So someone's gonna to have to explain this line to me. And now it looks like you know Devontae Adams hasn't practiced two games in a row. If they don't have him, they're in as big a world of hurt on offense as
1: the Saints are. Yeah, like I th- I think this there's a couple things that go into this line, in my opinion. Um one, I think the Raiders actually are better than people think. I actually think they're a pretty good team, but they've had some bad, crazy luck. I mean, you know, the, the game they lost uh, then they lose to the Cardinals this year, where they fumbled and you know yes. Hunter Renfro. I don't think Hunter Renfro fumbled in two years or something. Uh, I think they're they're more competitive and better than people think. And I think these these Saints injuries are just. I, I don't I, I don't use them as an excuse, but th- this staff has been unable to overcome them. And uh, between losing guys like you know Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, those are. Difference makers, you know, the, no, there's they no doubt. don't have another Marshawn Lattimore. They don't have another Michael Thomas. And that's evident when a guy like Callaway drops a ball right in his hands. It goes the other way for a pick six. And then the, the thing that I'm starting to see, and we haven't gotten into this much. I mean, I think we have before a little bit, but when I watch the replay of these games, you know, I, I, one of the things I really concentrate on is body language and effort Intensity and I just don't see it very much. They're they're playing hard, but they're not playing with zeal. Uh, They're not. They're not running to the football. The reason they've had four defensive takeaways return for touchdowns in part is because people aren't pursuing the ball once it's turned over. You know, you got to pursue the ball. You got to get after it. And uh, I just feel like this team has lacked that all year long from the opening. Game. I mean, they, they slept ball through three quarters against the Atlanta Falcons before they turned it on. They just lacked that intensity. Maybe they need Sean Payton just to come back for game days and, and give everybody that look on the sidelines to amp everybody <laughs> up because they just don't seem to have the juice. And uh, when things go bad, there's a quick letdown. And uh, I just don't I don't know if you can flip the switch. Midseason and turn that around. The closest thing that they played to four full quarters was in a loss to,
0: to Minnesota. They started off a little slow. Um, I think by the end of the first quarter, they had started to figure it out and then they, they, they turned it on and they played actually, I thought their best game of the year after they finally turned it on. But uh, you to say that you're this far into a season, you haven't seen four full quarters yet. is kind of scary and they need to figure that out quickly um, to show where the saints, you know, the matchups, you know, the Saints eighth in rushing offense, eighth in passing offense, and you want to talk about Andy Dalton, and I'm not going to harp on it much longer, but the Saints were ninth in passing offense with Jameis Winston at quarterback, and now they're eighth in passing offense. So they're the same. Uh, So that goes to your point where maybe, and it goes to Zach's point, maybe they are the same quarterback. But again, we talk about the, the different ceiling. It's the defense and certain parts of the defense that have been scary. And the turnover issues. You've got to win the turnover battle. We've been hearing this for years and years and years. Jim Mora preached about this over and it was, it was turnover margin and it was time of possession with Jim Mora, and that's why the Saints won. Sean Payton wasn't probably quite as much about time of possession. He probably didn't care as much, although that was important to him. Turnover battle was key in any team winning, and for the Saints to only have one interception at this point is just insane. They're going to have to find a way to get to Derek Carr and force him to throw in bad throws this week.
1: Yeah, look, I, again, I go back to what I just said about the intangibles, the focus and intensity. You don't lead the league in giveaways and false start penalties if you're a focused team. You don't. Those are two focus and intensity type of statistics, and the, the Saints are the worst in the league at both of them. So, to me, that's what people are missing. Everybody's looking for the reasons – uh, you know, they're looking for scapegoats of individual players uh, tackling, you know that's another thing that's intensity. We've seen some sloppy tackling. they're They're not among the worst in the league. I, I put that out this week. I mean, they're only 17th in this tackles. but that's still a sign, especially from this defense that's tackled so well, that they're just not focused. They're not there's no, there's that they don't have that edge that you have to have at this high level. I mean, it only takes just a little slip. And you end up two and five. That's right. The Saints aren't overly talented. And and they've had some players drop off. I mean, I think it's pretty clear defensive tackle has to be a high priority in the offseason. They're getting nothing from their defensive tackles. None of them. All four in the rotation are not producing much of anything. And that's having a domino effect on the run defense. Because the way the Saints play defense, they want their defensive linemen, especially the defensive tackles, to eat up offensive line blocks keep their linebackers free to roam, sideline to sideline. And when those offensive linemen are getting hats out on DeMario Davis and Pete Werner, next thing you know, it's five yards of carry, and that's kind of where they're at on a run defense. And that, that has definitely not been the standard for this team, and that's kind of where their defense starts.
0: All right, I've been, I've been pretty negative so far, so let me bring up a positive. One thing I did like that I've seen this week is I've been kind of harping on DeMario Davis a little bit because, you know, there have been – Tom, not times and every game that I've been to that they've lost so far, Demario Davis doesn't want to talk to anybody, and and I saw a shift in his attitude. I and mean, you're the captain, you got to stand up there not just to the media, but you got to. And, and I we don't see behind closed doors, but the fact that it was vocal this week and him coming out and saying, you know, we got to step up, we got to do things differently, we got to, And Alvin Kamara coming out and saying we got to get our Saint swag back, and I like hearing the things that those two guys, two guys are supposed to be, and Alvin Kamara is a quiet leader. I mean, we know he's not out there talking smack. He's not out there. uh, He's not a rah-rah guy. But I'm finally hearing from guys other than Cam Cam Jordan, Cam Davis, other than Cam Jordan, you know, I'm hearing something. I'm hearing them step up and say, this is unacceptable. And so to me, that's step number one, whether it will translate to the field on Sunday, we're going to find out really soon. But, um, to hear that was a positive thing, and I think someone needs to step up and and change this attitude.
1: Yeah, look, it's good to hear, but you said it. I mean, it's got to translate to the field, and um, I just I'll believe it when I see it. I'm yeah. sorry, but uh, you know, I've, we're seven weeks in. At this point, I kind of know what I've got here with this team. I mean, I, I heard a lot of the same things from the Bucks players this week: Devin White, Lamonte David. You know their That's defense right. is going to step up, and they gave up 250 yards rushing last night. So, uh, yeah, most
0: of it in the second half, which shows wow. that they made no adjustments whatsoever at halftime. Like they didn't under they didn't see that the Ravens weren't moving the ball, throwing the ball in the first half. Like they didn't know that the Ravens would go back to Lamar Jackson running the football, and even after Gus Edwards got hurt, they were still running the football all right down Tampa Bay's throat. I know.
1: Not, and not, no not adjustments
0: hard. whatsoever.
1: Not hard, and it, but it also speaks to like where the Bucks are at, right? They they know what's coming, they still can't stop it, and uh, I think this is a tough matchup this week. I know we'll talk later on, but I think the Raiders present a lot of issues for the Saints, especially with their secondary banged up. If Devontae Adams can't go, I, I think it's an illness. I don't know what kind of illness he's got, but I saw like they had. Four I think
0: players. there's a good chance he's going to play, but I mean, even the fact that he hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday, you got to think he's not going to be the full. Devonte Adams.
1: Right, right, but well, he's still pretty darn good. And, oh yeah, he is. They've got, you know, they've got uh, Darren Waller no at tight end that, right. and Hunter Renfro. They've got, they've got some threats. Josh Jacobs in the backfield. They got a big, powerful offensive line. Uh, they're going to present. I, I think this is a game where the Saints are going to have to outscore them. There's no question. Be like a Seattle game, uh, all over again. They're, they're going to have to make some plays on offense. And uh, they're not going to win this game. You know, 17 to 16. It's going to be in the 30s or high 20s. So uh, the offense has got to come come with its lunch pail. Saints are going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to have I think Taysom Hill involved again, uh, as they as they have from time to time. He he disappeared last week once they got down 14. You can see that's not what the Saints want to do. They don't want to be down 14, having to pass to get back in the game. Uh, teams will let you do that, and I think that's why these some of these stats on the Saints, I think, are misleading. Uh, a lot of them are garbage stats. Uh, and what I mean by that, I'm not discounting it, but the defense is allowing you to get eight yards a pop, ten yards a pop. They're in, they're they're playing back deep. They're letting you throw it underneath. Those balls to Juwan Johnson and Marquez Callaway, they'll give you that all day long. They're 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 trading those yards for time off the clock. And once Arizona got that lead and got up, especially once they got that second that, that first touchdown in the second half, uh, they managed that game. Uh, that, that's what Sean Payton always talks about, getting control of the game. He used to always say, I want to get control of the game as a play caller. Well, once Cliff Kingsbury got control of that game by the pick sixes, they, they coached it differently than they would have if it was tied up. So some of these stats are a little misleading because the Saints have piled up a ton because they've been playing from behind. Because they've turned the ball over so much, they get in these holes and then they're you know kind of mop-up yards. So uh, I think the way I look at it, look at the two times the Saints have had to move the ball at the end of the game with Andy Dalton. Right. At the end, at the end of the game against the Bengals, they couldn't do it. And against the Vikings, they barely got in the field goal range. They had to try a 60-yarder. When they have to move it and defenses are playing them a certain way, that's where that's my problem with Andy Dalton. I've seen that now twice, where the game's on the line, you got to be the guy, and I realize he doesn't have his full allotment of receivers, so I give him that. But they've not been able to get it done when they've had to get it done. Jim Derry,
0: Jeff Duncan here on Datitude Live. you got about 15 minutes to get any comments or questions you want to get in uh, before we move to A, our game predictions, which we'll, you can give that as well. We'll show it when we get to that portion of the show. And, again, we're going to spend about the last five minutes of the show talking about the Pelicans because we have ignored them, and they are the best professional franchise in the city of New Orleans right now. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, maybe it'll change, but at this point, you got to kind of doubt it, right? Anyway, I want to go back to this graphic real quick because I do want to bring out a point. You, you talk about how, you know, some of these stats are a little misleading. That's kind of my point. This, the fact that the Saints are third in offense is, is very misleading. You talk about all the yards they gained last week in the second half against Arizona when the game was over. I mean, I don't think at any point in the second half anyone realistically thought the Saints were going to win that football game. When you give up three interceptions in the first half, I don't care whose fault they are, and two of them are pick sixes. You know, one's in the end zone. You go drive all the way down the field to take to you know, extend your lead, and the other two are pick sixes. No one realistically thought you're going to win that football game. So. Some of these offensive numbers are skewed. The passing offensive rank is completely skewed. Um, and it's hard to change that. You talk about with the lack of receiving depth, but the Saints didn't make excuses last year. They were 9-8, and eight, and how the hell they finished 9-8 and eight with that team, there's only two words that you could say. Sean Payton. I mean, that's the only reason why they finished 9-8, and eight, and this team is clearly lacking that. And I understand that there's there's only one Drew Brees. There's only one Sean Payton. I get that. I'm not asking Dennis Allen to be Sean Payton, but somebody somewhere. And I hope that this Demario Davis and Alvin Kamara thing, it's got to light a fire. They've got to play with hard. And that, again, got to find a way to, to get something going. And they they just can't, they haven't done that. They haven't done that at all. Spencer, the guru, guru says uh, he agrees with you, Jeff, that the Raiders offense is, is underrated. I, I'm not saying that they're, they're great. They're bad because they're, they're they have, they are pretty good, and they, ha- they have the capability to be good as well. Ninth in total offense, which is behind the Saints' third, but I don't know. The same, I think the Saints can get pressure on Derek Carr. I think this is the week that the defensive line, you talk about Taysom Hill being more involved in the offense and having to win a shoot at it, and I do think it's going to be high scoring. But I, I really think the defensive line is going to play maybe its best game of the year because they can get after that, that Raiders front.
1: Well, they need to. I mean, that's to me the biggest disappointment has been the defensive line. I know everybody's gonna trot out the analytical stats of how many pressures Marcus Davenport has and all that. Man, at some point you gotta get to the quarterback. I mean right. you know, you gotta get there. I mean, no one's trotting out those kind of numbers with <laughs> the top sack guys in the league. Aaron Donald. He gets there. You know what I mean? So at some point you've gotta get there and, and they just haven't they haven't shown up enough for me. Uh, that should be a strength. Uh, Marcus Davenport's in a contract year. Uh, He's played. He's been healthy. He's played every game. That's a good sign. Uh, They've been healthy in the front seven. I mean, the the front seven of this defense is the one area of the team that really hasn't been hammered by injuries. Now, I'll tell you another thing that's hurting them that that we really haven't focused on, but it's showing up on tape, is they're missing Trevor Penning at left tackle, no doubt. There's no
0: quiet. We talked about that last week.
1: Yeah, and, and now Calvin Throckmorton has really regressed. I mean, he played better last year. He has not played well uh, in filling in for Andres Pete. It uh, was terrible against Arizona. That's no other way to put it. Uh, he, got, he got exploited. So the left side of their offensive line is really struggling. So I know we focus on Mike Thomas and Jarvis Landry, but that's two other starters that they're missing along the line. And so they're not getting the production out of the offensive line at times that they'd like to have as well. So this team's got some, some hurdles to overcome physically, uh, and because of these injuries that I'm not sure they can do it. If things go perfectly and go really well, they can win a game like they did against Seattle. But a lot of things have to go well, and they can't make, obviously, these egregious mistakes.
0: Spencer the Guru, our own Spencer the Guru, has a question uh, and wants to throw it out there for you. He says, well, first of all, I think Paulson Devo looks like he's going to play this week. It's starting yep. to trend, trend in that direction. But who is going to guard Devontae Adams of Flattimore Adebo and Roby are out. I, it looks like I think Adebo is going to be the the DB one, so he'll probably be on Devonte Adams. Uh, but well, I your... think
1: they'll I think they'll mix it up, man. I mean, they yeah. they're, they're, they pretty much have done that all year. You know, Jamar Chase didn't get defended by one guy. They 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 like to switch things up, kind of create some problems, mix and match on those set back end. But what'll be interesting for me along that the lines of that question is, okay, Adibo is going to be at one corner. Alante Taylor, the rookie who I really like, is going to be at the other corner. You're going to have to live with the ups and downs of playing a rookie corner, but I like what I see there. Who plays in the nickel? That, to me, is the biggest question. I mean, since they let go C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who was so good in that role, they really struggled. At first, it looked like Justin Evans was going to be fine, and he has dropped off a cliff. He's not playing with confidence that he had earlier in the year. Uh, That Chris Harris is basically a street-free agent uh, who can't run anymore. And teams know it, and they go after him. I don't know. I mean, if they get PJ Williams back, can he play that role? Uh, they've got a hole because Bradley Roby's now on IR. That, to me, is a critical hole in the secondary. It'll be alleviated once they get back uh, Marshawn Lattimore. But right now, uh, in this game, where you got a guy like Hunter Renfro who can nickel and dime you to death, and then you got the the big play guy in Adams, it's pretty scary.
0: I don't know the answer to this question. I I think the answer is no. That it's not like baseball. What I'm about to ask, but does IR work like baseball? Whether you can, does it retroact? Is it retroactive? If you like, if you were to put a on the IR, does it go back to when he hasn't played, or does no. it start from that date?
1: No, got to do yeah. it then. Yeah, so that's so that, the
0: problem. Yeah, I mean, then it really doesn't make sense to me that they haven't put at least you know Michael Thomas. I mean. Tell me about. Zach said yesterday he's hearing that Jarvis Landry. I mean, this could be a rest of the season thing.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard that, but I know I know that Jarvis Landry uh, has been a major disappointment. I, yeah. I, you know, I think it goes without saying that they signed him expecting him to be the number two receiver or maybe number three along with Olave, and it's been a complete bust. There's no other way to sugarcoat it. And uh, if you want to get a teaser potentially to my column on Sunday, depending on how things go, don't be surprised if it's not a Tyrann Matthew Jarvis Landry oh, column.
0: The, the Honey Badger has been, and I said this yesterday on Bayou Bets, he has been non-existent. Uh, he made the one pick and the only pick the Saints have all year, which is super sad at this point of the year. But he has been, he's whiffed on so, way more tackles than he's made. It's it's an I don't know what's going on and look to me when a player of that caliber is is, is playing like that it's it's not because of age I think he's just his heart's not in.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing I like about him is he's out there every game, you know, as opposed oh, to Travis Landry, who's not out there. Uh, I, I like that he's playing every <laughs> that's day. I, good. I think his heart's into too. I just don't know. I, it reminds me of that speech, and, and look, I won't go into great detail on this, but. I, I chronicled it in, in my book, From Bags to Riches, with Sean Payton, his, he had a pregame speech before the Saints played the Vikings in the NFC Championship game in 2009. It's one of the epic speeches I've ever, well, I didn't hear it, but I've ever been able to document, where he talked to the team before that game and said, look, when you get old, you know, you start living with a little more fear and trepidation. You don't go out at night if it's raining. To go to the grocery store, you'll wait till the next morning. If somebody bumps into you in the bar, you know, and gives you a shoulder, you don't turn around and get into it. You just live a little more cautiously. And he said, look, I guarantee you tomorrow, if we start hitting this man for three quarters by the fourth quarter, he's going to be the old man that doesn't want to go out in the rain. And it was pretty epic. And I think that's what we're seeing a little bit with Tyrae Matthews.
0: Maybe, maybe it is, maybe it is, but uh, he's, he's got to show up. I mean, the Saints need him to be, to be frank. They really do. Uh Especially with, with Vladimir, uh, they need someone to step up back there. And so far he, he has not done so. And and it's kind of, kind of rough to see. Uh, all right, Uh right. Let's talk about, we got about 10 to 15 minutes tops left in this show. Again, I want to switch gears to the Pelicans in a minute. And we're going to get our predictions. Now's the time. If you want to, Give your, You can leave it on your comment wherever you're watching. We will get to predictions in just a minute. We'll show your prediction on the air, Saints and Raiders this week. I want to talk a little bit about the, the, if we can see anything from the past couple games and what's coming up. Now, a lot of times you can see, you know, is this a bad spot? We talk about good spots, bad spots for teams. Well, where are the Raiders coming off of? They lost to Kansas City in a heartbreak on a Monday night a couple weeks, uh, three weeks ago, I guess, then had their bye, and then last week, Found a way to beat Houston, but that score is misleading, Dunk, because they were trailing going into the fourth quarter. They, they figured it out against, to me, I mean, the Texans really could be the worst team in football. Um, now, that being said, they'll probably go out and beat Tennessee this week. But, you know, you look at the Saints. The Saints have been putting up points. They just haven't been able to stop anybody. So I don't think this is a sandwich spot for either team. The Saints don't play till Monday. They're playing another AFC team the next two weeks. And meanwhile, for the Raiders, they're playing at Jacksonville next week. Then they're playing the Colts. So it's it's really a spot in the schedule that, you know, you can't say it's a it's a it's a it's a whole it's it I don't think the schedule in this in this instance plays that much of a part.
1: No, I agree hundred percent. I mean, I just you know, watching um watching that um Raiders game earlier this year when they played Kansas City, I think it was a prime time game.
0: Yeah, really, Monday I was night. really
1: impressed with them. I, you know, I was really impressed in that game. Uh they gave Kansas City everything they wanted. And I, in my opinion, Kansas City is one of the two best teams in football. So uh, there's a lot of talent there, and I think we're seeing a little bit of the natural transition with a new head coach, and he's implementing, and they just made a trade. You know, he's getting some of his guys in there and trying to do things his way, His way, but I think they're a sleeper team that could slip in, uh, like at that number six seed in the playoffs or seven seed because they're, they, they've got talent, and they're, they're not far off. I like, put, put it this way. I like their prospects a lot better than I like the Saints right now. I don't disagree with that. And I think that their
0: cohesiveness is, is a little bit better than, than the Saints. And uh, I, I, t- I really – the problem is they're, they're inconsistent. Uh, yep, they have they not been are. consistent at all. And, uh, you know, they played their best game against Kansas City and, you know, we're what, just uh, a two-point conversion away from, from winning that football game. But, you know, Kansas City is is a little inconsistent themselves. They're just so good that they can overcome when they have a bad game. And the Raiders can't. The Saints can't. Uh, they have proven that. So it's going to be an interesting game, and it's time for our predictions. That's where we are right now. Again, last chance to, to get your prediction in. We'll show it on the air. Um, but, Dunk, I, I kind of think I know where you're going with this. I have not read your prediction. I don't know if you put it on online yet, but uh, – I haven't read it, but I think I, I know where you're going by all the things you've been saying.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely picking the Raiders. I think it'll be high scoring. Uh, I think this, you know, could go either way. It's one of those games that I think will be close. I'll be surprised if it's not close. But I think uh, the Saints play well. I think they'll play better offensively. Uh, the Raiders' defense is nothing to write home about. That's one thing that works in the Saints' favor. If they can get the get ground game going, like the Seattle game, I think that is the formula. For success, get the running game going with Camara and Hill. Beat beat them up up front, and then try and go over the top. I mean, I, I tweeted this out this week, JD. I think it, it surprised a lot of Saints fans. The Saints lead the league in big plays, 40 yards or more. They've had 11 this year, 11, eight pass plays of 40 yards or more. I mean, people They're
0: also given up but, quite a few.
1: Yeah, but they but they lead the league, you know, in offense. I don't think people realize that. So. That's the formula. You run, 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 and then you go over the top like they did uh, with um, with Rashid Rashid Shaheed last week and, and hit the long ball. That's going to be how this offense works, uh, and uh, I think they can hit, hit a few of those against the Raiders because their they're got their safety's also out. He uh, might come back, Jonathan Abrams, but uh, they've been able. You've been able. Teams have been able to move the ball on the Raiders. I think the Saints will, but defensively, until I see the defense. With my own eyes, uh, show up. Uh, it's hard for me to pick them to hold anybody down right now. I mean, the Arizona got got well pretty quickly against them. They've been struggling. They scored nine points against Seattle, and they lit up the Saints. Even though um, I know fourteen of those points came from the uh, from the defense, they kind of put it into into neutral once they got that big lead too. I, I think they could have scored on the Saints pretty much at will with the way they were tackling.
0: Reginald Carter says Saints win 24 to 14. That would be quite a defensive performance. I mean, yeah. so Reginald's seen something from the defense that I don't think neither you nor I ha- ha- have seen as of yet. Um, so if you want to get your prediction in. Uh, now's the time to do it. Okay, I'm going to uh, look. I don't know. I-, I have been wrong picking the Saints, obviously, five times this year. I don't know why in the hell I have picked the Saints seven games in a row to win. Um, they should be – I don't want to sound like Zach Ewing, but they should be 4-3, and three. They should, maybe even 5-2. and two. I mean, they've let so many games slip away and games they shouldn't have lost, they've lost. This is the last chance. I wrote it in my column this week. It's kind of redemption week. I was wrong about Tampa Bay last night, although I did get them right in the teaser part of things. Uh, so they did cover the teaser end, and the Saints, I have them as the other league. To me, kind of what you said about – a lot of points being scored. If you want to bet on this game, I wouldn't bet on the Saints, but I would bet the over. I think it's. I think it is going to be a high-scoring game. I agree with the over forty-nine portion of this thing, but I think the Saints are going to find a way to win the game. I. I, I just. I do. I, I think that. I, I. I'm not. I don't know if I'm. If it's the sliver of optimist that's in me or what it is, I agree that we haven't seen what we need to see, but. I like what I hear this week. I think the Saints are going to just figure out a way. I think, actually, I think Andy Dalton is going to have one of his better games of the year. And so people can come back at me on Monday and say, see, Derry, you're an idiot. Um, I, but I, I think that they're going to play. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to win. Let's see. Uh, Dazel is a Dazel Magnificent says the Saints win 38-35 with a Lutz field goal and OT. Hey. I, like I, I I think that's that's a possibility. Turbo Durant says too much uh, number four and number twenty eight all day and beat the Saints and beat Dennis Allen. Uh, must be a Raiders fan. That's that's okay, Turbo. And uh, look, very possible, very possible that happens. Uh, what else do we have? We have we have a couple other ones. Nick, Uncle Big Nick, wants to know: Do you think Renfro has a big game from the slot with all the injuries in the Saints secondary?
1: Yes. Yeah, if, I'm, if I, I were giving my fantasy league, I'd feel good about
0: it. There is no question. Reginald wants to know if I'm a Cubs fan. Well, obviously. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, in other words, I, I know losing <laughs> and, and I know winning, but on a, in a short little short little narrow window. So, anyway, Dunk's got the Raiders. I've got the Saints. We'll see who's right. And usually Dunk and I are on the same side. We're, we're, we're not on the same side this week. I don't know if that's good or bad. We'll figure it out.
1: Well, now, I'll ask- I'll you this real quick, JD. Uh, I think if you're a you know a better, which obviously we we have this podcast for betting. Uh, I think the smart play would be the Saints, just because I think it's a toss-up game, and you got a home dog. So, just in general, I lean that way, taking home dogs in the NFL. So, if you're betting, I, I would say the Saints are the better play. I just feel maybe having watched this team enough this year. That I'll believe it when I see it, kind of thing. Yeah. But as a better, if you're just playing statistical probability of likelihood to win, I think the Saints would be the smart play. Uh,
0: I wholeheartedly agree. And uh, but again, I'm not I'm not betting on the Saints. I only put them in a, in a in a teaser. So to me, to cover my teaser now that Tampa Bay I already covered uh, at plus seven, I only need the Saints to cover. They can be they can lose by less than eight. They lose, they got to lose by less than eight, or they need to win.
1: Yeah, look, I know we didn't get to the Pels, but real quick on the Pels, uh, they have a huge road trip coming up, obviously, West Coast. Uh, they got to get Brandon Ingram back. I, I mean, that concussion, I don't know how he's out for two weeks from that. Well, I mean, I don't want to discount anybody's injury, but come on, man. I we're mean, getting
0: ready to we'll get to that, but we have some late questions. Uh, dazel asked, do you think Dennis Allen should keep using a two-quarterback system, meaning – Taysom, uh, Hill, and Andy Dalton. I'm not sure it's a two-quarterback system, but I do think they need to go back to you know the game they want to get Seattle and Taysom touch the ball, what, nine or ten times? He needs to touch at least nine or ten times this week.
1: Well, yeah, he. I mean, they, they went away from him once they got down two touchdowns. They had to start passing, so I understand why they did that. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be the bread and butter all year. Taysom Hill is going to be a big part of their offensive game plan every week.
0: All right, let's shift gears now. Uh, and, and you touched on it, and exactly what we want to talk about here in Datitude is we look at the upcoming schedule for the Pelicans. They're going on a road trip. I think they play five out of their next six on the road in the next three. So they're in Phoenix. Then the good news is at least they go to L.A. and play both the Clippers and, and Lakers so they don't have to move around. this games Sunday, Wednesday, so they'll spend a few days in, in Los Angeles. Um, you talk about Brandon Ingram not going on this road trip. Um, Pell's already banged up a little bit. Hey, we get to see how deep they are because they kind of showed their depth in the win over the Mavericks the other night. I mean, as six point, I think they ended up with six point dogs, ended up winning the game outright after losing to the Jazz. Already Zion Williamson banged up a little bit, which is frustrating. Herb Jones and uh, Zion Williamson both questionable going into this series. How concerned are you right now about Brandon Ingram being hurt? You talked about it a little bit. And Zion already questionable.
1: Well, I think Brandon Ingram played fifty-five games last year. That's a concern for me. I mean, uh, he's your second best player. And uh, he has a I don't want to call him Anthony Davis, but it's not far off, in so my opinion.
0: Another oh. friend of mine called him Anthony Davis the other night. I don't think we're not I don't think we're there yet.
1: It's 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 bordering. It's bordering on it. Uh, and but this team is deeper. And I think that's the good thing. I mean, Trey Murphy is sort of a Brandon Ingram light and Trey Murphy, the the Pelicans are really high on him and you can see why. Yeah, I mean, this guy can play. Uh, He's going to, he's going to be a major part of their uh, club going forward. You know, he's going to be a core piece. They're going to have to figure out how they get all these young guys signed and keep it together. That's going to be the biggest challenge for David Griffin and Trajan Langdon, because they've got a number of, of really strong young pieces that are blossoming before their eyes. So I'm not that worried about Ingram because he'll be back. He's a key part for them. But Trey Murphy, I think, can replace him in a lot of ways. Uh, it's more about Zion, the fact that he gets banged up so much. I mean, that's going to be the, the hack-a-shack kind of defensive attempt uh, strategy is going to be in force all year long. And he's going to have to adjust to it and get accustomed to it because he's not going to get the whistle all the time. It's just not going to happen. Ask Shaquille O'Neal. He didn't get it either. And, and, and so that's going to be something – Pels adjust to, but I love their start, 3-1. and one. Uh, This is a tough road trip. Uh, Phoenix, obviously, is a, a, a talented team. The Clippers are very talented. The Lakers are in complete disarray, 0-4. Oh, what a mess. What a mess, and it couldn't have happened to a better franchise. That no doubt Pelicans about it. Fans. So, look, I'm, 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 I'm bullish on the Pels, bullish on what I'm seeing. I like the chemistry and the camaraderie. I like the enthusiasm they play with. I mean, this team is really, really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and you're really going to find out a lot as far as early season goes. Now, obviously, through the course of an 82-game season, things change. And uh, things either develop or they don't. But you're going to find out a lot about this early part of the season with this three-game road trip, I think, Dunk. Uh, Obviously, the Suns are a sort of measuring stick. Uh, If they can go out there and play well, if they can find a way to win two of these three games, that would be a huge boost, I think, for, for this team going forward and the more confidence they can gain early in the season, I mean, you look at the ridiculously poor start they had last year. I think it was something like 3-18 and 18 or something along those yeah. lines. I mean, to already have three victories in the bank, if this team can get off to a hot start and beat some of these, you know, playoff-caliber teams, the more confidence they can gain early on is only going to lead to them bettering themselves for later on.
1: Well, and I think the injuries hurt in the continuity piece of this, right? I mean, yeah. you're trying to work Zion Williamson back into the rotation. Uh, you've got some other pieces off the bench that are kind of stepping into more prominent roles and then you lose Zion for for a game or two. You lose Brandon Ingram, you lose Herb Jones and you're j- it's just kind of stalling that uh you know that time on task with everybody playing together and learning each other's games. I know that Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson have played together before, but C.J. McCollum hasn't played with Zion. So that's the more true. time these guys get on the court together in game action, the better. And that's why I think David Griffin was quick to point out in preseason, hey, look, it's going to take us a little time. We're not going to come out of the gate and be gangbusters. So you know, lower the expectations early on. I think the fact that they're 3-1 and one, uh, is, is really positive because uh, if they go on a little bit of a stretch here where they lose a few games, they're, they're not going to end up 3-18 and 18 like, like we saw last year.
0: Well, Dunk, that's going to about wrap it up here. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about LSU hosting Alabama as well. We've got a lot of things to talk about next week. Uh, the Saints yeah. will, be, will be playing on a Monday night, so we may have to talk about our, our schedule here. Um, we'll, we'll still do next Friday, but may have to have you on Monday. We may do a live show on, on the Monday as well, if you can accommodate it in your schedule. I know you've got a lot going on.
1: Yeah, yeah we can we'll, make that work. And we'll, uh, Don't forget Tulane got a big game next uh,
0: week. Tulane coming up against T- Tulsa. Yep. Playing on the road next uh, next on big Saturday game
1: for, for Tulane fans out there, big game uh, Saturday with Central Florida hosting Cincinnati. That's a big game in the conference because right now it's like a three team race between UCF, Cincinnati, and Tulane. Somebody's going to lose in that game, Cincinnati and UCF, and that will have implications because Tulane gets UCF and Cincinnati down the road.
0: Uh, Zach wanted to know earlier in the week, what's the possibility? And, and I know that the two conferences don't mean the bowl game, but it wouldn't it be funny, I don't even know if it's possible, to find a way to get LSU and Tulane in, in a bowl game together? That oh, yeah.
1: That's what that a lot of people be. already – a lot of people speculating about that <clears throat> certainly would, would be a possibility. It would be incredible. Uh, but Sugar also, bowl? I, think, I think Tulane, obviously, their, their sights are set on winning the conference. and They'd go to the Cotton Bowl, which would be incredible in itself. To see Tulane in a New Year's Day bowl game.
0: It really would be, and you know what? It would be well deserved if they can finish this off and and do that. And I would love to see it because I think Willie Fritz is is done a remarkable job. I know they went only had a two win season last year. They had all kinds of issues, but to see this team back and this program back, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with what Willie Fritz and his uh, continued push, and, and they're buying in and him getting some of the players that they need to get over there. And it's it's fun to watch. So. We'll be watching Tulane down the stretch. Again, next week, talking about LSU-Alabama. We're talking about Tulane-Tulsa. We'll be talking more about the Pelicans and how their week went against the Suns, the Clippers, and the Lakers on the road. And we'll also be talking a little bit in advance. It won't be as much. I mean, we're going to talk about Saints-Ravens. Don't get me wrong. uh, But we're going to be probably looking more about that on Monday. So all kinds of things going on next week. Been fun on Datitude and Dunk. Uh, Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you next week.
1: All right, J.D. Have a great weekend, buddy.
0: You too, my friend.
1: To digest. We're trying to
0: digest it all. Pelicans, Saints, LSU, Tulane. It is that time of the year. The crunch time. Yeah, I don't know how many of you watch the Red Zone, but uh, Scott Hansen tells you it's the witching hour when it gets close to the fourth quarter. And I know we're only midway through the season in the NFL, well past the midway point in college. But this is the Saints witching hour. And I, I make this joke. I know It's Halloween. And I'm not just saying that because it's Halloween, but it kind of all fits in, right? This is the Saints witching hour. You either get your heads out of your asses or you don't. Which one's it going to be? I'm going to find a whole lot about this team on Sunday because, again, I said it in the monologue. I'll say it again. They've been given a reprieve. You either take this Halloween gift that you've been given or you go out to pasture and you go finish your... 5-12, 6-11 5-12, and 6-11 season, because that's where you're going to be. If you don't take this one and you don't turn it around now, it's never going to get turned around. Saints are one-and-a-half point underdogs, I believe. One or one-and-a-half. Wouldn't touch it with the stick, <laughs> but I would touch the over because I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Can the defense get pressure? Can Andy Dalton say, okay, this is my team now and take things over? Can Taysom Hill be more involved? Can Alvin Kamara run the football like Alvin Kamara runs the football? All these things, they all need to happen, and that all needs to start Sunday. And uh, hey, regardless, win, lose, or whatever the hell they do, we will be back here on Monday talking about it. We will review it. I don't know who my guest is. Will be? I don't know. Frankly, I don't even know if I'm gonna have a guest on Monday. Uh, we'll find out, and it'll be a spooky show on Halloween. A Halloween show. Me on Halloween, that's pretty scary. I know you won't be able to see me, but I might i might wear my, my skeleton costume, which is kind of, you know, sarcastic considering I weigh 285 pounds. I mean, you know, but somewhere down deep there's a skeleton in there. Maybe I'll even wear the mask that goes with it. Who knows? Well, I'm not, I don't know. Probably... I don't know, some of you may think I sound better or wear that mask. I know this, though. Going into Halloween weekend, I was trying to think of a good song to play. Well, you know what the Saints need? Maybe they need some fingers crossed, some toes crossed. Whatever shirt you wear, your lucky shirt, and you didn't wear it the last couple weeks or whatever, make sure you break it out. Whatever it is, Stevie Wonder says it's all about superstition. And it goes in theme with this weekend. So maybe we all need a little bit of superstition. Maybe we all need some fingers crossed, some toes crossed. Whatever it is, we're going to do it. We're going to have a great weekend because Tulane and LSU aren't playing. You're going to get out and enjoy it with your family, right? And then you're going to watch Saints Raiders on Sunday. Wearing that lucky shirt. Having your fingers crossed. Wearing your hat backwards. Whatever it takes. Superstition. We will see you on Monday, on a Halloween Monday. We hope it's all tricks and no, no, wait, wait wait a minute. We hope it's all treats and no tricks, right? See you then. Peace and love, my friends.